0: If you grab your Bibles, turn with me, Psalm 103, Psalm 103 is where we'll get in just a moment as we continue our message from this morning. Psalm chapter 103, thank you for the music today, all who had a part in that. Thank you for your singing as a congregation, especially good today, enjoyable, so appreciate it so very much. As we continue, as we started off this morning in the consideration of the often forgotten greeting of the successful Christian life and uh, that simple encouragement to forget not. And uh, we won't do much in a uh, way of review. It is family night, so we have the children with us, and, and uh, many of them obviously out in junior church and everything else. So, in others, we want to bring them up, the, the workers bring them up to speed. We just talked about, uh, this certainly fits into uh, what Paul encouraged Timothy and encouraged all believers, and what uh, I kind of uh, somewhat jokingly <laughs> termed the four F's of forward progress for the Christian life, and uh, the, the encouragement to flee certain things there in first and second Timothy, follow after some things, fight the good fight, and then forget not a vital part of the Christian life. And uh, we talked about number one. And again, we're going to just go quickly here. Number one, the aspect of uh, forget not the Lord, forget not the Lord, and uh, the encouragement on a very broad sense and broad basis to not do so. Uh, We talked about Abraham Lincoln, our president in 1863, making the proclamation of humiliation, fasting, and prayer, and encouraging us that we as a nation have forgotten God, and uh, that is easy to do when we have many blessings and we have uh, many things heaped upon us, things are going smooth and great. And so we have to guard against that. But that is the broad sense. We narrowed it down. Number two, you see it here. Forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God. In our sins, in our failures, we provoke him, and we ought not to forget uh, when we have done that and forget those sins. And we made the, those simple statements there about remembering that. Then number three, we got to, and we finished up here. As I said, just a very quick review. Forget not the works of God on your behalf and how he has shown himself strong in, in the past. And that is really what this is about, uh, this aspect of it. Don't forget what he's done. Done in the past for you, and how He has uh, graciously worked in your behalf. And we made a couple statements. I think these are huge, uh, good principle, huge thoughts for us to cling uh, cling to, uh, and such. Number one, a heart and a mind filled with thoughts of how God has worked in the past leaves no worry or room for worry or fear in the present. And how true that is. And I love that verse. The reality is we hope in God and we remember the works of the past that he has done and that then increases and encourages our hope for the future. And we made the, the, the follow up statement because of that forgetting not God works in the past his works in the past will provoke hope and certainly praise in us for the present in the hearts of hearers and then obedience in the lives of the believer. And that hope is important. Why? Because I didn't I don't know if I clicked on this this morning but the reality is this you know what hope does? Uh, it chases out Uh, despair it drives it out of our lives it doesn't allow it to stick around and it also drives away fear and worry okay it drown drowns out despair it drives away fear and worry And so I trust you and I will go through this week with much hope in Christ and in God because of what he's done in the past. Not fearing, not having worries about the future and what's going to come this week and so forth. Now, we turn to Psalm 103, verse 2. We're going to add three more quickly tonight and uh, add to it uh, one or two, not as big as some we looked at this morning. But Psalm 103, verse number 2, very small verse, very powerful verse all at the same time. It says this, "'Bless the Lord, O my soul.'" You'll see a similar beginning in verse number one, too. And actually, if you were to look down, there's some other, uh, at the end of the chapter, it repeats that a couple times likewise. But, "'Bless the Lord, O my soul.'" and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. So number four, something else we ought not to forget, you see it here, forget not all his benefits, okay? All the benefits of knowing Christ, of, of having a relationship with God in heaven, and this goes beyond much of what we think about the past. Uh, we are encouraged by the hymnists to do what? Count your many Blessings, right? Okay, so we could actually say in there, count your many benefits. In other words, what are the benefits, the things that we have from the good hand of the Lord because we know Him? He is our God. We are His people. choir is saying uh, that great uh, truth, I am His and He is mine. And so because of that, we have many benefits to that. You belong to a family. Uh, You have a family name. Because of that, there are benefits to your family name. Things that you enjoy that others, not a part of the family, uh, likewise uh, cannot. And so the same is true, that we have the benefits that are found in God. All right, begs the question what? What are those benefits? Well, the psalmist goes on to explain a few of them. Look in verse number three, if you will, with me. Notice what he says. Let's read down through this. He says this, who, uh, read, uh, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. "'The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are are oppressed. "'He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. "'The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. "'He will not always chide; neither will He keep His anger forever. "'He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. "'For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him.' As far as as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Can I tell you, boy, the psalmist just named a few, amen? All those benefits of knowing the Lord, my goodness, what we have in God. And, you know, we've often probably heard it here. It's been recommended if you're a little discontent. If you're a little feeling sorry for yourself, or maybe because you're a Christian and you've chosen to follow God and and you feel like you're missing out on something by living for the Lord, uh, by choosing to, to, to live according to His Word and not our own flesh or this world, we're often encouraged to simply take a moment, get out a sheet of paper, and start writing down all the benefits we have in God. Do you realize in this psalm, that's exactly what David did. David says, listen, verse number two. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. David, what are some of those? He forgives our iniquities. His mercies last forever. He's a, he removes, the, as far as the east is from the west, our sins from us. Who satisfieth our mouth with good things? He renews our youth like the eagles. And he goes on, executeth righteousness and judgment, so forth and so on. He just takes a moment and he writes them out. And uh, I did not look into the history of this psalm and the conjecture about when it was written. But could it not be that maybe David wrote this when he had a downtime in his life? We all know David well. We know that his life could be described as a roller coaster. Great times, anointed king of the next king of Israel. Boy, that's pretty good. And uh, he outshined his brother. We might say that he was the runt of the family, and all of a sudden the runt was chosen to reign. Amen. All his brothers may be jealous and so forth. That was a good day. But then all of a sudden, that that current king decided that he wasn't going to allow there to be an, an heir to the throne, not of his own family. And so he ran from the very presence of Saul. He had to run from his country and run from his home. That would be a very low moment. God restored him and brought him back in time, and he was the king of Israel. And yet, even in that, there were times when David sinned and he hit valleys. There was time when he had to run through his own throne and own palace, Jerusalem, because his own son was trying to take the kingdom from him. That was a low moment. Maybe it was during one of these low moments in David's life that he penned this psalm and he remembered himself, listen, I'm going to put God first. We know that David is described as a man after God's own heart. And the reality is, he says, you know what? I could live for myself and I can make the own, my own decisions and I can uh, not follow God. But no, I'm going to choose to follow God. Here are all his benefits. And David reminds himself to not forget all the benefits he has in his God wonderful encouragement to you and I to do the same as we've chosen to to follow him. It would do us good to write down and recall all of the the benefits that we have and possess because we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. All, uh, All the things that are at our fingertip because He is our personal invested God in us. Maybe you have experienced in your mailbox what we do here at the church and what I do even at home. And so often we'll get in the mail some flyers and things trying to sell us on a new credit card. And on that sheet of things, they'll list all the benefits of that card. Boy, if you, if you apply for this card and so forth, you'll get this bonus, and you'll get this cash back, and you'll get all these things. And boy, they just make it sound so good. They put it in emails, and they list all the benefits. And you're like, wow, I need another credit card. And so half of America or most of America is in debt. But anyway, we won't go in there. That's a message for another day. The reality is, what do they do? Look at all these benefits. Look at all these things you get by being a member, uh, having a credit card uh, from this company. You know, I often find it true that Satan loves to come along in our lives, and he, he likes to tempt us, and don't miss it, with all the perceived benefits of being our own God rebelling against the God of all creation. He likes to lay it out for us. He likes to spell it all out and say, listen, boy, if you'll just, hey, Adam and Eve and all of mankind, if, if you'll just do this, and just ignore God's word, and if you'll do this, you can be your own God. You, you just rebel against God. Here, here's what's going to be the benefits. Satan loves to do that. Not just Satan, but this old world in which you and I are, um, it isn't our home. We are not citizens of this world. This world likes to come along and tempt us with all the perceived benefits that uh, it has to offer, the riches, the wealth, the fame, the possessions, anything that, that it, it could perceive. Listen, this will, this will get you to live for the world and, and live in it and, and, and just to, uh, emulgate it into your life and such. The old flesh, the old sinful nature loves to tempt us with all the perceived benefits of doing what? Fulfilling all of our natural desires all our innate desires and lust and such, the flesh likes to come along and say, hey, here's the benefits, the perceived, quote unquote, benefits of just give it into your flesh. Just live the way that you want to live. And boy, it's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so good, so enjoyable. You'll get everything you could ever dream of. And yet, what is mankind in? Despair, sorrow, and heartache. The end of man's way is what? Destruction. Broken heart, broken lives, and may I just tell you, without Christ, a broken future. But boy, they like to tell us all about the perceived benefits. That's why God tells you and I, part of the success of the Christian life is that we forget not. One of the things we are not to forget is the benefits of God. The benefits that you and I have because He is mine and I am His and because we belong to Him. And uh, we are of the family of God. Most of you might be familiar with um, this hymn. It's become one of my favorite among many, many others, but uh, simply entitled this, uh, I'd Rather Have Jesus. The statements or, or the verses go something like this, I, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand. The refrain simply says, than to be a king of a vast domain, or to be held in sin dreads sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. One of the reasons I love this song is because it really does this. Here are the benefits of the world, or the perceived benefits, and yet the benefits of knowing Christ are so much greater. Verse number two, it goes on, it says this, I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame and rather be true to his holy name. Then the refrain once again, in the verse number three, goes on. Speaking of Christ, it says this, he's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus, and I like this statement, and let him lead. And then that refrain, than to be a king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything that this world affords today. The words, a poem initially, were written by a lady, her name was Shea Miller. The year was 1922, and soon after she wrote it, it came into the possession of a a mother, a wife, and her name was Bev. And as she got a copy of this poem, the words spoke to her, and she loved the Lord, she loved serving the Lord. In fact, she was a pastor's wife, and she enjoyed serving the Lord, she loved it, and she wanted it for her children, specifically her son. And right in that moment, uh, her son was somewhat torn. He was drawn by the world, but he, he, growing up in the church and knowing the Lord, he, he also knew the Lord, and he was kind of t- torn between living for the uh, Lord or living in the world. In fact, he was very talented. He, he, he had appeared on the radio already, and uh, he was offered a, a career, literally a lifetime job with NBC, and uh, uh, to be there and uh, <laughs> to be employed for the rest of his life, and probably would have became famous in that setting. Well, she didn't want that for him. She wanted him to realize the benefits of knowing Jesus Christ and living for him. So she took that poem that had come across her path and they had a piano in their house. And as her son liked to go play it and things, she took that poem and she just placed it right there on the piano, praying and hoping that one day her son would come along and and read that poem and that it would speak to him much like it spoke to her. Well, Sure enough, the day came when her son went to the piano. He picked up the poem and by his own testimony, the words just left off the paper. It moved him. It challenged him it grabbed his heart and as he read down through what we just read he read it over and over again and as it did his heart was smitten and and it was a challenge to his own heart his own life about what are you going to live for would you rather live for the benefits of the world or the benefits of living for god what is it going to be and he read it and as he continued to do so he again very talented he sat it there in front of him on the piano and he began playing a tune to match the words and he began to sing those words according to that tune that he played. His mother was in another room, and she heard it, and certainly it thrilled her heart. She came into the room where he was playing and singing, and she encouraged him the very next service, and a couple of accounts, it was either the next day or later that week, and for him to sing it at that church where his dad was a pastor. And he did so. From that day forward, he decided to choose the benefits of, of God. You see, that son, his name was George Beverly Shea. Many of us who are older recognize that name. George Beverly Shea surrendered to the Lord, and instead of, in fact, as he sat down and was offered a job from NBC to sing and and probably become famous, he refused that, and he went to work for an evangelist named Billy Graham. And for the next 50 years, George Beverly Shea sang before Billy Graham would stand up to preach. In fact, by Billy Graham's own testimony, he said, the effectiveness of my preaching is due in great part to the tone set when George Beverly Shea would stand up and sing. He would sing this song, I'd Rather Have Jesus Than Anything. And I can't help you, you ought to. I certainly would not recommend YouTube for much. But on YouTube, they have one of the, the, the national broadcasts of him singing that and giving a little bit of the story before he sings it at a national uh, Billy Graham crusade. And what's amazing to me is, uh, for those of us who've studied it and know it, Billy Graham and his crusade swept across this nation, really even swept across the world, um, and many came to know Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, I believe it was at a time that in America we were forgetting God that many people had forgotten him and many people hadn't heard of him. And I, I believe there was a touch of revival that came to our nation during those times. And here is this young man who simply chose the benefits of God. And here's what I, that just blows my mind. Do you realize that there was a time when the Billy Graham crusade was televised on several TV stations around this country? And on that, there was a man who stood up and gave a little testimony about how his mom left a poem and a piano And then he was saying, for all the nation to hear, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Oh, the world probably offered him fame and money and wealth and so forth. He didn't choose all that. He chose rather, and he never forgot the benefits that came for living for God. Choosing the benefits of God. See, you know you're doing right when you find that your soul... Does exactly what the psalmist says in verse one here. Notice it bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Can I encourage you tonight? One of the great things that you and I are encouraged to do and to make a successful Christian life is not to forget all of God's benefits. What we have in simply being called a Christian, a child of God, a Son of the Creator. Look with me, if you will, quickly. Proverbs chapter number 3. We'll add just real quickly here, if you'll allow me. Proverbs chapter 3, a great chapter. Um, Proverbs chapter 3. This chapter is one very special to myself. My wife and I memorized this when we were dating before we got married together. And I love this chapter and a lot of great truth and principles within it. Proverbs chapter 3, if you'll look with me at verse number 1, notice what it says My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Great statement. You can understand what this next statement is, is forget not my law. We saw it in a verse we studied even this morning. And uh, what does it mean to forget God's law? It means to forget your responsibilities, your, uh, to turn back on the instructions, the commands, the statutes that God has given us for this new life we have in Christ. Now, here's what's amazing. In this one verse, God actually points out something. You have two alternatives. There's really only uh, the old saying from a uh, well-known camp says there's only two choices on the shelf. Pleasing God or pleasing self. And there really is, there's only two alternatives here, only two choices, and that's this. You either forget the law or you keep the law. That's what the verse says, okay? So he says, don't forget it, because that's one alternative, one option. The other option alternative is that you keep the law you keep it, okay? You forget it and ignore it, or you hear it and you heed it, okay? Do the one, and here's reality. You shut yourself out from many blessings, from many victories in life, from God's provision. In other words, I'd put it this way. Don't ever miss them. Here's the simple truth. You forget God's law. You don't live according to it. In other words, you forget it so you don't heed it, obey it, and live it, and here's what happens. You submit yourself to God's law of submission, God's law, excuse me, of subtraction. You submit yourself to God's law of subtraction. What do I mean by that? Well, you miss out on much. Uh, You miss out on his provision, his blessings. When you neglect it, ignore the word of God. Uh, one of the great warnings found in the scriptures is found in Deuteronomy. And Moses was warning the nation of Israel about forgetting God, forgetting his law, transgressing him. In Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse 15, it says this, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, okay, excuse me, will not hearken, notice it, to observe, to do all his commandments and statutes, which I command thee this day. And then it goes on. Now, after this verse, and the verses that following, I'm just giving you a quick recap tonight. In this verse, in the verses that follow, the next few verses is cursed will be this, cursed will be this. You'll be cursed when you go in, when you go out. You'll be cursed in the city, you'll be cursed in the field. And it just it unleashes this great list of curses that's going to happen when you fail to hearken to God's law. Then we come down to verse number 20. Notice what it says here. Verse number 20, the same chapter, says this. The Lord shall send upon thee, cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and, that, and all that thou settest thine hand unto uh, for to do. Until thou be destroyed, until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings whereby thou hast forsaken me. So don't miss this, okay? So he says this, don't forget God's law, but rather keep it with all thine heart in Proverbs chapter 3. Well, back here in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Moses is telling Israel, listen, when you get in that land, you better hearken and observe to do all the commands of the Lord. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to submit yourself to the law of God's law of subtraction. It's interesting, after verse 30... And starting, especially in verses 30 and following, you know what he says? God speaks through Moses and tells the nation of Israel, and says, listen, if you don't heed my law, you don't keep my commandments, you're going to lose, (laughs) in one, one verse, he says, you're going to lose your wife. He says, you're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your fields. You're going to lose your oxen. You're going to lose your donkey. You're going to lose your children. And it goes on and on and on and on with lists. Of all the things you will lose when you don't follow God's law. Now, can I tell you, my friend, when you and I forget the law of God, boy, we submit ourselves to the law of subtraction, God's law. Things go hate we miss out. We, there's great provisions and blessings that God would have us to have. It's interesting, too, and again, it'd be a, it's a great study. Before verse 15, he just got done saying, here's all the blessings that will happen when you do my law, when you heed my law, when you obey my law, when you get in the promised land. And now he says, you'll lose all those things. You'll not have them, and even greater things will you lose when you don't heed my law. Now, come back to Proverbs chapter 3. Look at verse 1 again and what it says. Okay, Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Notice the next statement. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add... What's that word? Add. What would he call that? The law of not subtraction, but the law of addition, right? Here's the law of addition. Boy, if you keep my law, if you heed what I have to say, you follow my commandments and my statutes, you're not going to submit yourself to the law of subtraction in life. You will submit yourself to the law of addition in life. And I like this statement, okay? All right, here, here's a simple test. It's very easy. We're going to raise our hands, okay? We, we don't do crowd participation much, but we're going to do it. How many of you, okay, would like length of days, long life? Raise your hands. Somebody say, eh, I don't know. Okay, good. Put your hands down. How many of you would like a peaceful life? Peace. Okay, good. Now, how many of you would like all of that together? Hallelujah, Amen. Now, think about that. Length of days, long life. Now, most of us say that's great. I'll tell you right now, don't give me length of days and long life without peace. Amen. No way. I mean, I, I, <laughs> length of days. Yeah, I don't know. without. No, thank you. And, you know, peace is nice, but if peace is short, that's not as much fun. I want it to last. I got peace for a minute. woo You know, give me length of days, long life, and give me peace, but give them to me together. Now, if we were to go out on the street and we were to ask the common American, hey, wouldn't you like to live a long time? Wouldn't you like length of days and long life and peace? They'd be like, oh, yeah, sign me up. Can I tell you how you can have it? Keep my commandments keep my commandments, do my word, forget not my law, dwell in it, meditate upon it, commit it to memory in your heart, and live it out in your life. You see, the simple promise is this, if you and I determine to forget not God's law on a daily basis, we hearken to it, good things will happen, good things are in store, okay? All right, real quick, last one, okay, 7 o'clock is coming on us, so we're going to finish, here we go. Okay. Hebrews, the book, we're not going to turn there. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 says this, but to good, do good and communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Number six, last but not least, okay, forget not to do good and communicate. Forget not to do good and communicate. And I just put it this way, and, and uh, we're almost done. I really am. Not much to say here, except this. And a couple other things um i just had to throw that in there uh, all right hey uh, can i just tell you one thing if you were to ask me pastor henry what when you get to heaven what is it the one thing that you really want to have been accomplished We might think spiritually, oh, see souls saved, Christians grow, and all those things. Those things are all important, but you know what I want more than anything? I want God to have been pleased with all the sacrifices I offered Him. I I want God to be pleased with all the sacrifices that I've offered. You see, that's really what, what the Christian life is about. God, I give You this. God, I give You this. I, I give You this sacrifice. And I give You this. And Father, you, You've given me more than I could ever imagine. You've given me life. And so I, I just want to give back to You. And that's even what this verse alludes to, right? Those sacrifices, God is what? He's well-pleased. And it ought to be our delight and our desire that everything that I do in my life, every sacrifice I make for God. God, when I could live for myself and, and be out doing stuff on a Sunday or a Wednesday night and I come to church, I want you to be well pleased with my sacrifice for you. Father, Oh, I, the things that I've given up in this world, the things that I've gone without, the reality, Lord, I want you to be well pleased with those sacrifices and so, so much more. See, Paul here, he, he helps us. Paul gives us a good clue or clues us into some of the sacrifices or a couple of ways to do that. Did you catch what he says? Two things. He says, do good. That's one. And then he says, communicate or impart to others. So if I could just put in a succinct statement, it would be this. Be a blessing to God by doing good. Be righteous, living, doing right. We've been ordained to good works, Ephesians 2.10. So do good and then be a blessing to others by being good to them. Share with them. Now don't miss this. Be attentive to them. Include them. Be a blessing to fellow believers. The word here, translated as communicate, this is kind of interesting, and and the Lord just works this out, right? You know what that word literally means? Fellowship. In fact, it is translated 12 of 20 times in the New Testament as the word fellowship. The other, or four of the other times, it's communion, to commune with someone, to fellowship. Do you realize what God says? Listen, okay? Another good reason why you and I should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Another good reason why you and I should, when the doors are open, we ought to be in church, is this command here for you and I to do good and to communicate one with another. You know what that is? Fellowship. You know what tonight is? Family fellowship night. Pretty neat how that works out, isn't it? Because you and I are called to encourage one another. You and I are called to fellowship, communicate with one another, commune with one another. You and I are called to impart to one another. You and I are called to to kind of just include them. Be like a family, one with another. Exhort one another even as you see the day approaching. And we could go on a long, long list, friend. You see, my friend, the reality is that God wants you and I to forget not to do good. Forget not to do good and forget not to communicate. That can be a text. That can be an email. That can be something like we're doing tonight. That can be a before service, a few words of encouragement and exhortation. It, it can be any sort of a, a, exhortation, encouragement that you and I commune in fellowship one with another. And yet, God has called us to do that within the body, the family of God. Participate one with another. Interact one with another. Be partnering together. That's really the picture there is that we partner together as the family of God. It's a very practical aspect of not forgetting. You see, forget not to do good and to fellowship and commune in beneficiary ways one with another. So, in review, can we just remind ourselves the often forgotten ingredient of the successful Christian life is this forget not. Forget not your Lord. Don't let a day go by, a thought go by, a decision go by in which God doesn't factor in, as we said this morning, that he doesn't have a seat at the table. Number two, forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God. Would you remember your besetting sins, how you've tripped up in the past so you don't repeat them in the future? Would you, just, would you mark it down and forget not those times that you've disappointed your God? Number three, forget not the works of God. This is kind of reference to the past, right? The things that he has done, it breeds hope for the present. It it chases away fear and anxiety and worry because we have hope in our hearts and our head because we know what our God is capable of and what he's done in the past. We rejoice in that and we praise him over it. Number four, as we talked about tonight, do not forget all of his benefits. Man, you are a member of the family of God. And my friend, the benefits are endless. In fact, we might say they are eternal and so much more. Forget not the benefits you have as being part of the family of God. Number five, forget not my law. Subscribe and submit yourself not to the law of subtraction, but the law of addition. Let God heap upon you blessings and all the things that he has promised, because you have forgotten not his law. And last but not least, forget not to do good and to communicate. Make sure every day you take time to live righteously, and that is your purpose. But more importantly, you take time to communicate with one another. Courage, fellowship, commune, and exhort, even as you see the day approaching. Father we thank you so very much for your word and Father this encouragement to forget not I I pray Lord as we go into this week and even as we spend some time together this evening one with another we pray you'd encourage and remind us of these truths and may we understand that this will lead to a very successful Christian life, a blessed life, a life of victory, the abundant life as we've talked about even these last few weeks and Father I pray you'd remind us of these things often, may your Holy Spirit bring them to memory and Father may we pursue your law, your statutes, your principles and may we live them out in such a way. And Father, I just want to praise you tonight for all the benefits we have because we know you through Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. And Lord, I pray as we leave this building, each one of us would simply say and pray that I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Anything this world could afford, anything that uh, perceived benefits that our flesh or Satan or this world tries to offer us. Lord, I, I pray we'd have a renewed commitment and how good we have it in being a part of the family of God. May we live for you this day and every day that follows. Thank you for a good day in your house. Thank you for what you've taught us and how you've grown us. Now, bless our time of fellowship. Help us as we communicate one with another. And Lord, I pray we'd be an encouragement in every way possible. Thank you, Father, for being such a loving God, a good God to us. It's in Christ's precious name we pray. Amen.